Shalom and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those who would hear, so they would run to Him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm, that our time here on earth is short, and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war we are standing in the middle of. Today we are joined by a group of young believers with a powerful message. They are Brandon, Michaela, Faith, and Garrett. These are the next generation of Christian leaders. They are stepping up now. They aren't waiting their turn. They aren't asking permission. They're boldly stepping up and taking ground for the kingdom of God. And they're here to talk to us about the challenges that young people face today and the challenges there is to maintain their walk with Jesus. So, let me start out with you, Brandon. What gave you the idea to start a group of kids together? to step out for Jesus and come together and fight together? Um, I came birth through a, a youth group we did upstairs just eight weeks ago. And I was up, upstairs and just had a bunch of Spanish kids around me just playing on all their phones and everything. I really just, I walked down from stairs after youth group finished and I, I'm walking and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, how can we use this generation to make a difference? And I felt so clear that he told me that th- these people are sitting right in front of me, that this Spanish group of about 20 people, just the, who's mentioning their age, was from anywhere from 15 to 18. And I had clear direction that I was supposed to use from that age bracket to, we're supposed to make a difference in this world. And that's really what stepped up. And I shared that. And then somebody else shared their dream. And, and then I multiple other people started sharing and really felt like we were supposed to press forward with that. So that's really where we birthed the dream just about eight weeks ago. And we really want to press forward with that. Well, that's great. Michaela, what did you think when uh, Brandon come to talk to you about it? And I know that you yourself stepped up a little bit. So what were, what were your first thoughts when you thought saw, heard this idea about uh, taking your generation and stepping out and stepping up to, to change the world? Oh, I was stoked, man. It was it was an awesome dream because the Lord had just been showing me um, throughout my life. Um, a couple of years back, he had given me this vision um, just to start revival in America. And that's a huge vision as like a 14-year-old, like, oh, what do I do with that? I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I can't even like drive, right? So you can't do anything really. Um, and then, you know, I just, as I was getting closer to the Lord and just all these people, and they came out and they're like, hey, this is what I want to do about the same time that he had said that. Um, I was up at a youth group with one of my friends, and I remember just sitting there and looking around and just seeing the brokenness in a place that's supposed to be where God is. And I was like, man, we need to really do something about this because this is our generation, and they are falling away in the church. And then the people, like if you talk to students, um, they really don't even have a clue who Jesus is or anything about the Bible. And it's just so heartbreaking to see that. So I, when he said that, I was like, dude, let's do it. Let's go take kids for God. Like, let's inspire the next generation because it seems like the adults aren't doing it. So it's like, well, we might as well set up for it now. Well, that's awesome. Faith, what's the reaction been of your peers when you guys talk to them about what you're trying to do here and what your, your ideas and plans are? I mean, for um, talking like within the group, it's all, um, I think, spiritually led. But then once you take it, outside that group and just bring in other people who are just friends but not necessarily in the group it's very 
it gets really complicated. So they don't feel like, I guess, they're, um, they don't know what you're talking about. And I guess they just look at us like we're crazy, which is okay. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of teaching to do then. That you got a lot of work to do to bring other people up to the level where you guys are at in, in your faith walk and with the ideas that you have and the message that you've been given. Garrett, do you see that as an overwhelming challenge or do you see something in people that are looking for that in your age group? Definitely in this age group and our age group, there are a lot of people who are lost. You know, they don't see what their, their potential is and they don't see where um, God could take them. And, um, Honestly, I don't think that there are really that many out there who are, you know, they've gotten to the point where they've just accepted where they are and they don't want to, some people don't want to change. And um, at this time, I, I see that there are a lot of people who are open to it, but it has to be presented in the way that the Holy Spirit leads. Because um, there's a lot of people who I've seen, you know, the church has really tried to push Christianity and all this stuff onto people who unbelievers and that doesn't work out because that's not how the Holy Spirit um, intends it to be. It's not, um, we're not to force this down on others. We're to love, love them and see where they are and um, really um, lean on the Holy Spirit and really follow his leading and bringing the gospel and bring the truth about having a relationship with Christ to them. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think you, hit on a couple of really good topics there. Brandon, I know you and I talked previously and you spoke about the necessity for a relationship. And I think that's what Garrett was talking about and Michaela some too here. So where do you see the difference in how to talk to your peers about a relationship with Christ rather than a strict doctrine or some other church teaching that's non-relational, and, and this is for anybody who wants to answer. I would definitely say staying in tune with the Holy Spirit is obviously a huge factor of this walk. Um, and honestly, I didn't have that for years on end. And just now in the last year and a half, two years, I've really stepped up and just waiting to be, just listen for the for His Word and just for hearing for His, his still and small voice is huge and a lot of people at our age just don't want to stop and run. They're, they're out partying. They're, they're listening to music that's destroying them from the inside out. And that's that's a huge, huge marker in your life. And this is right now, if we don't if we don't get this straight, this this affects our life from easily 40 years from now. So we don't want to just walk this walk by ourselves. We want to take as many under our wing as possible. So trying to teach others to walk by the faith and hear the Holy Spirit is is tremendous. And yeah, trying to set that example has been the hardest part. Yeah, I guess it would be. I guess my next question would be, there are a ton of influences in the world. And it seems like every year there is more influence on not just young people, but on all of our lives, on what to think, how to what to believe, how to dress, how to talk to each other. Social media has, has changed the way the world works. And there's a lot of negative influences. You know, in my day, there was a lot of just, you know, parents didn't like the music. And that's, I think that's been that way for generations. But there's so much more than music now that is a negative influence. 
what do you guys see as the greatest challenge to maintaining a walk with Christ with the influences of the world? And what advice would you give to people your age on how to manage that? I mean, it all comes back to that relationship with the Lord. Because if you don't have that relationship and you're just living like setting setting rules for yourself, when you set rules for yourself, which they're great, boundaries are awesome. But if you're just setting rules for yourself, you're going to try to get as close as you can to the line. You draw the line in the sand, you're going to try to jump over the line or get as close as to the cliff until you fall over. So really what is so important and I think is going to be so much emphasized in this podcast is that you have to have that relationship with the Lord because if you have that relationship with the Lord and you're listening to Him and you're constantly in communion with Him, you're reading His Word, um, it's not. It's still going to be really hard because nobody signs up to be a Christian because it's easy. That's not what it is. If you sign up to be a Christian, you're fixing to get the whole world against you. It's like you're going to be persecuted. People are going to hate you. So that's what Christianity is. But having that relationship definitely makes the challenges decrease. They're still there. But when you're following him and you actually are doing it out of a love for him, it's easier to commit to doing things that may seem hard because of that love for him. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on something I know that is important to all of you because before we met, we talked about a few things and you talked about boundaries. So what advice would you give to young people today to help create healthy boundaries? Um, I think one of the most important ways that you can create good boundaries for yourself is by talking to, to your parents and see what they think, what their take is on life because they've gone before you and they have so much incredible wisdom that can help you not make the same mistakes that they did. That's absolutely right. And and I love hearing young people talk about their parents that way. So that, that brings up a whole new question for me. What kind of communication do you have with your parents since you've decided that you're going to follow Christ, that you're going to be in this walk? Has it changed your communication with your parents? I would say it, it's, it's encouraged them. Um, but just, I mean, I've been my dad's pastor, as most people know. It's, I have been in the faith my entire life, but I've just, I've went through the motions, honestly. And I've seen the, the church just go through it just every, every week, go to church once, twice a week. And that was my thing. And then the last year and a half, I've really stepped out of that. And I've, okay, I've honestly looked at it in the pers- perspective as God sees it and says, are we actually walking by faith? every day and that's a that's a huge thing as well and just to be able to move every day knowing you're in his will and hearing his voice anybody else want to testify how their parents and them communicate differently because i'm a parent of five and i can tell you that communication with children sometimes is quite the challenge especially in your age group because you guys are trying to come out to your own you're trying to establish yourselves as individuals so trying to communicate, sometimes there's a lot of barriers and children and their parents don't always see eye to eye about how they should be doing something or what they should be doing in a certain moment. And when you're trying to get your future set up, when you're trying to identify who I, you are and how you're going to walk, that can cause friction because as parents, we've seen things and done things and made mistakes and we don't want to see you make those same mistakes, but we're not always the best at communicating on how not to do that. We're trying so hard to protect you from what we've experienced, but have you, Michaela, have you increased, has your communication 
gotten better? Do you, you see it easier to talk about things with your parents? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, before I really chose, like, because about a year ago, I really came to the fork in the road between, is this my parents' faith or is this my faith? And I had to choose. And that was a very difficult journey for me. But when before that, before I had gone through that journey, it really was like, you know, we had a good relationship, but it was a lot on my side that I was um, very rebellious. Um, and I just did not want to be listening to them and I would be disrespectful. And um, it's it's still a challenge because that's inbred in all of us. But as you become closer with the Lord and then, it, like I said, it comes back to that relationship because you want to honor him. And through honoring your parents, you're honoring God. Um, and you, I think a lot of times people really think of their parents as like horrible and like they don't want to listen to them or anything, but really your parents are such a great asset right there because you, your parents, your grandparents, they've been through this walk before. They can point out where not to step. They can tell you where, you know, the bombs are. Don't step there. The minefield, they've, they've been through it. They can tell you where not to go. So really being open with them and talking about your problems with them and just life is a really great way to gain a lot of wisdom because you God has placed your parents in your life for that purpose so they can guide you and so they can help you not to make some of the mistakes that they have made in the past so you can be even better. If, um, but, you know, it's just really the relationship with God that helps you in that. Well, that's great. So I know that one of the topics that you guys find very important is this topic of purity. And at your age, that is probably one of the single greatest challenges that you face. The world is telling you all kinds of things against being pure. So what would you tell your peers about overcoming this world pressure and how to maintain your purity? I really think that um, one of the reasons that many people don't stay pure is because, you know, they seek identity and they don't see what they don't see themselves how God sees them. Um, I personally went through all that, you know, um, battled some of the hardest things you get out there, you know, um, and it, it's 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 a tough battle when you're doing it by yourself. And I think one of the problems is that you know when we when um, kids who don't you don't stay peers because they have pride, they want to be they want to be known as someone. They want to be stay up with the crowd, you know, go with the flow, and um, they're not willing to stand up and go against that. And um, it's 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 a really tough battle, especially whenever you don't, you're not looking for help. And unfortunately, that's what's going on is a lot of people don't want help because they think they can do it on their own, and they think it weakness. They think it's a weakness to ask for help, and um, it's. It's a battle. It's a battle of pride and it's a battle of surrender. You know, are you going to surrender your will? Are you going to surrender your will to, to God? Or are you going to try to live out the flesh and and fit, fulfill all of its desires? And it's it's um it's very difficult. But through through God and when you're when you really surrender your will and you you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you'll really you will be able to succeed. Um, I think for girls, staying pure is really hard because if you can't find it in your looks, then you're going to go and try and find it in some boy. My Taekwondo instructor was just telling us that um, your identity mainly comes is mainly supposed to come from your father. So if your father's not at home and you can't get your identity from him, then you're going to look for it in boys. And you're putting 
unhealthy pressure on them because you're expecting them to be able to give you everything that they necessarily can't give you. You're putting that pressure on them that you should be pressuring, putting on God that he can fulfill all of those desires that you want and that you need and can fill that void. Well, very good. Anybody else got a comment? Oh, I would definitely agree with Garrett and Faith that it is top priority for the identity to be in Christ because we honestly, we really do have a void and whether we know that or not and we live this life, we can die with that void being completely completely empty and that that's the identity of Christ fills that gap perfectly. It was designed just for that. He died on Calvary so we could fill that gap so we don't have to live a grudging and just hateful life towards everyone else because of the hurt we've tried sucking everything out of just the opposite gender just i mean to drugs to just abuse to anything really and it can come from anything in this life it can be though your work it can be i mean anything honestly it's it is a sad point to be in but yes it does come down to identity you all touched on something here that we haven't talked about yet and i and i'd like to get your all of your take on this you talked about identity. You talked about knowing who you are. What message do you have for people your age, and what would your advice be for obtaining that identity? What does that process look like? Don't all answer at once. <laughs> These are the hard questions. <laughs> I know, like the answer for all this. We joke in the church, it's always Jesus, but it really is because Identity, like if you look around at our generation, they're just seeking it in so many different places, whether it be um, the opposite gender, drugs, alcohol. Um, it really, it, it can come from so many different things. Um, and identity really has to come from the Lord. And that comes from a um, deep relationship with him. You have to seek him for that because he will tell you who you are. Um, and one of the big things you have to realize is a lot of, I know girls definitely look for that identity and like love um, and attention. And you have to definitely look at it and remember that your identity is in Christ. You are loved by him. You don't need that from anybody else. Yes, in the future that you might get that from people, you get that from your father, but it's not primarily based in that. You have to base it in Christ because can you ask yourself and seriously say, if I lost everyone that I love, would I still have my identity? Because sometimes we base that on relationships with other people. I know that I had in the past, you know, and you really need to base your relationship, not in your friends or who your friend group is like I did. You need to base that in who the Lord is because he's never going to change. I'm going to tag along down to that because I definitely, like again, identity. Um, I lost a dear friend on actually my birthday. I was celebrating a birthday and I got the call from the man's wife that my friend was just killed. It was just killed in a, a machinery accident. And that hit me like a punch in the face. And I, I, I literally just, I didn't know where my identity was at that time. And this is two years ago. And it hit me so hard. And I, I remember walking down a road screaming, saying, Lord, why? I mean, why would you, why would you do this? And this is all your fault. Just, just scream my guts out. And I didn't know where, where my identity was. I didn't have it in, in the Lord at all, and not in the least bit. 
and I had it in just my work. And I, I honestly, I was so busy. I, I just didn't even really care to think much of it. And that hit me so hard that me, it kind of put me in my place. And I knew, okay, I'm not on my feet. I was basically on my knees and that's a great place to be. And at the age of 16 and seeing that you're not all that God called you to be and that God's calling you, he's calling every one of us to a, another level of life, whether we are 12, 10, it doesn't matter. It's, we have a walk by faith that we can start from the age of four, five, 30, 40, it doesn't matter. And I, I finally got to take that at age 16. It's an absolute pleasure. Can I just re-ask kind of what I think J.D. was trying to get at? You know, I think it's such a rare thing to hear from people your age how important it is and how established you are with your relationship with God. And and you have a lot of the fundamental teachings um, that really, really matter and help you, and you, you clearly understand it. But I think that's a rare thing. And most kids out there, even most adults, aren't in that place. So I think what JD was trying to ask you was what are some like practices or habits that you've established in your lives that have brought you to that place? Um, because you're, you're talking a lot of generalities, which is great. And for those who understand it, they get it. But for those who don't, they might be thinking, hey, uh, how do I do this? I think the um, first step that I took in getting my identity in Christ was setting my relationship right with my parents. Me and my mom, we've kind of always butted heads on just everything. And I had to just realize that she's my mom and I need to submit to her because that's what God calls me to do. And so there are a lot of steps I had to take, but that was the first and most important one that I had to take. And before I took that, um, before I took that step, I couldn't, I can't move anywhere before I make things right with my parents. I can't with a good conscience, tell God I'm ready to submit my heart to him. So what drove you to want to do that? I think just watching my friends have good relationships with their parents and just um, just being able to talk about anything and everything with their parents. I mean, I'm a very reserved person, so I um, keep things bottled up. And my parents have always told me that I just, I need to um, really just like, let them know how I'm feeling, what I'm dealing with, and then they can help me. But if I don't tell them how I'm feeling or how I'm hurting, then they can't help me. Very good. So along with this question, what is the importance you would place on the environment, your faith environment? So like our church here at Palm City New Hope, what impact does that have on you in your decision-making to follow Christ, to commit completely to that decision point. Everybody comes to a decision point. Every believer ever has come to a point where he said, this is the moment where what I've been doing isn't working. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to go a different way. So this environment here, and and, and it's not just this church, but having a good church, a good, a good place to go for faith teaching, what's your importance level? You push on that. So when it comes down to that, um, Thinking about you know going to church and all this stuff, and um, it's so it's so important to do so. I personally grew up in the church, and so I was going to church every Sunday and all this stuff. But it wasn't until like fourteen that I realized that you know this is actually something that is 
I, having a relationship with Christ is, is actually something real, you know? Um, I, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't, honestly, I never read my Bible really. And that's one, when I started reading my Bible around age of uh, 14, the Holy Spirit and the Lord just showed me so many things. And, um, he opened up a completely new world to me. Um, I never thought of that, you know, I, I, when I started reading the Bible, he showed like there were, he, he showed me how he loved me so much. And, you know, there was so much worth, I had so much worth and, um, to go back to, I, you know, identity, that's where it really helped me out was because I started reading the Bible, you know, and about he, he died for me. And then all these, um, different verses about how much, um, how much I mean to him and all this stuff. And it, it's like, it was amazing because I was like, wow, this is, this is, I don't have to look to any other one else. It's, it's God, you know? And, um, being at, being at church, you know, it's so important because, you know, you're able to share with other believers or other people who, who've been in the same place as you and, you know, and they can help you out because it's really important to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ because they help feed you in the sense of, you can discuss things and allow the Holy Spirit to show multiple things to you and them. And you can put it together and it's it's just incredible because, you know, that's how it was. There were, there were multiple, you think of, um, you see Jesus, there was multiple disciples. They were all there for one another. You, they weren't alone. It wasn't one person alone going around by himself, you know. And um, I think it's it's just really important to, to do so because because if you're alone, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to really, you're not going to be able to really endure it, you know, to the best that you can, because you're going to fall away and you're not going to have someone to hold, keep you straight. And even going back to purity, that's one thing is that is you should have someone there to keep you accountable, hold you accountable for what you do. And, you know, um, also one more thing is that, you know, the boundaries, setting boundaries. I don't believe I've tried personally, I've tried setting boundaries myself and it never worked because I always would, I, I found that I would set boundaries to where I thought would be okay, but I could always adjust the boundaries myself. I could never hold the boundaries to where they need to be. But then I had someone else, I had someone else set the boundaries for me and hold me accountable. I couldn't adjust the boundaries. So I couldn't pass the boundaries. I would not pass the boundaries because I knew it would be wrong. But also there was, it has to be, there has to be, you know, you have to set it where there's someone else who can hold you accountable, but also, you know, there has to be a punishment or something to keep you from doing wrong. Because whenever I tried that, there was no, con there was no consequences for whenever I did pass it, you know, and I would adjust it to, I would, I would make the boundary so close to, to wrong that just going to the very edge was actually passing the line. And so I think it is so important to have someone else with you, someone who's a firm believer or someone who knows what's right and who's someone who actually cares and loves you because, you know, you can have a friend do it. And if they're not, into, if they're not really a firm believer, they'll, they'll pass the line with you. And um, that's just one thing that's really been, you know, in my life that's really helped is that always have someone with you. You know, I've, I've prayed and prayed and I finally, and I finally found someone and the Holy Spirit's like, this is the person and I want you to share with them what you've been going through and they're going to help you.
but they're going to help you through me. And that's just been something that's really been helpful, you know. Well, that's an awesome message, and that's a message that isn't limited to your age group. I think that's a message that every believer should be hearing. Michaela, do you agree? you think that having good peer role models and good peers to walk with is that impactful? Oh, it is so important because going to church is awesome. And I mean, I went to church for years um, and never like, you know, I just did the motions, the Christian stuff that you're supposed to do. But really when I started growing was when I started making that like circle around me, surrounding myself with people because the church is made up of people. It's the body of the believers, right? So really when I started having, getting those friends, getting a couple of buddies around your same age to come with you and to spur you on and just share with them and be open with them. And, you know, like some of my friends, I've even been like, hey, if I do something stupid, go grab a baseball bat and come to my house. I don't care if you have to drive two hours and beat the tar out of me. I don't want to do something stupid, so stop me from doing it. And then it's so important to have those people around with you because they're going through the same walk of life and you guys can pick each other up. It's also super important to have people older than you. It's like, even though you're 16, you can still have best friends that are 50 years old. Like you can still have people that are like 75. In fact, some of the, like your best assets are going to be those people that are way older than you because they're going to mentor you and teach you and they're going to be the people who are shaping you. And that's super important too. And then what's even more important also is to also have mentees, people that you can mentor in your walk, because that's what you want to have. You want to have your circle where you're starting with the people who are older than you that can teach you. You're going to have the people who spur you on and encourage you. And then you're going to have the people who are younger than you that you can lead through the walk. So, you know, we're all teenagers here. We can help the people that are younger than us. If we, if you are a sibling and you're the oldest sibling, you automatically have a bunch of um, mentees, you know, and even just what you, I don't think teenagers realize sometimes, even when you just walk through a store and you are older, little kids look at you and they're like, dude, I want to be just like them because, you know, they're older and that's cool. And you automatically are a role model because you're older. And that is a huge responsibility that you have. So creating that environment is what's going to allow you to grow because you have all these people that are spurring you on in the faith and they're going to they're going to help you to not mess up because you have those people who are keeping you accountable and you can also be that person for somebody else. Well, that's an incredible message. I can tell you I I have three younger siblings and I, they didn't see me as a mentor, they saw me as a tormentor. So, I didn't wield that power correctly and it's amazing to hear you guys talk about understanding that responsibility of that role and wielding that power in a positive way it absolutely is encouraging to hear people your age say things like that. That's a very mature thing for your age. Oh, absolutely. I, I know people that are in my age that uh, that still don't get that. And to be able to recognize that the, the older generations, the people that are your grandparents or even great-grandparents' ages, have walked the road already, so they have leather they wore out for you to go and see what they've done and to learn from them. You guys have actually really thought this through and understand both ends of the spectrum, and, and you've put a lot of thought into it. And that's very encouraging to see coming from this next generation because you guys are going to be leaders someday in this world. That You're going to inherit a world that, quite honestly, looks pretty ugly right now, Right. We're just now crawling ourselves out of a worldwide pandemic and a lockdown that people have been isolated for a, a full year. And 
many people have lost their identities. They have no clue who they are. They've been shut away for a long time, and, and they're just coming out of their closets and coming back out into the world a little bit, and they're hungry and looking for something. And you guys have a phenomenal message that you can give, and it's an inspiring thing to see. And I think you guys will be in a position to take over a leadership role very, very quickly. I have another question, if you don't mind. No, no, go right ahead. On the tale of you guys expressing your spiritual maturity and all that, um, I think that's something that has been in the past. We currently have lost it as a society, or at least in America as we see it, um, especially in the Christian circles. And my question would be, do you have a hope of seeing restoration of that through your generation or through raising generations that follow you? You know, considering, Michaela, you said you had been given a dream of revival, and that seems to be on a lot of people's hearts right now. Is that something you guys have extreme hope for, or is there something else that's driving you? I think absolutely that it is something that we're all hoping for, um, too. And, you know, God is the God of hope. No matter how dark it looks, He can always restore something. And it's really a privilege when, like, I know one of my um, martial arts instructors has always told me, like, when the lights get darker, you know, you can shine brighter because you're a star. So as we're seeing society deteriorate, it's just a spotlight for us to shine brighter. And I'm hoping that we can use this, what we have together, um, and just the vision that God has given us to help the younger generation and restore them and build up a generation um, to essentially have, like, the third great awakening. I just want to touch back on what you said about our society getting out of coronavirus. And I think that we may be turning the corner, but we still, there are still a lot of people who, they might be coming out of their house, but they're hiding behind their masks because they don't have an identity. So if they hide their most of their face, then nobody can see them and they don't ha- and they feel more secure because they're in the dark. And I think that it's uh, very important that we get people to take their mask off. You know, it's interesting that you <laughs> you recognize that because thousands of years ago, uh, major empires would actually cover people's faces so that they would lose their identity as they put them in slavery. So it's it's interesting that you recognize that. Um, without that frame of reference. No, I, I would absolutely agree with you guys. There is such an opportunity to take a hold of people that are, are going to come out now in the next six months to a year and to teach them something new. A lot of what they've known before has changed. Um, there's been so much change over the last year about who we are as a people, who people are as individuals, how we're to relate with each other. People are going to be asking a lot of questions. There are going to be a lot of people that are looking for something different, something new. So there's a great opportunity for you to share your message, to share a message of hope. And one of my last questions is going to be here. What would be the advice you would give to teens that do not have an advantage of a Christian upbringing? That their parents, maybe not, they're not believers, or maybe they don't attend church regularly. What about those people that don't have direct support of their family? How, how would you advise them to start this journey? Start reading your Bible. I mean, seriously, like if you if you don't have the support, I mean, if you don't have the support of your parents at this time, read the Bible because he if you're when you're reading the Bible, you're reading God's word. And only that in the, um it says in the Bible that God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Bible is God. 
So when you're reading the Bible, you're filling yourself with, with the word and with him. Not only that, start praying. Because, I mean, when you're praying, it's not you're just asking. You know, you're a com- it's a conversation with God. It's a two-way conversation. You're talking to him, and you have to remember that he's going to talk to you. But you have to open your voice, or oh, sorry, open your ears to hear him. And I mean, I'm just going to go on this quickly. One of the reasons that um, I believe that is because you know, in um, in my life, whenever I was going through a lot of the hard times. I started reading my Bible and I started listening, trying to listen and hear the Holy Spirit. And when I quiet myself and put away all distractions, I finally heard him speak. And even when I wasn't going, even whenever I wasn't going and trying to find, you know, a mentor or a pet or, or it wasn't even going to my parents, honestly, even through that, the Holy Spirit was able to talk to me because I quieted my, I quieted myself. I put away all distractions. And I just read his word and I just tried listened for his voice. And if you don't have the support of your family or you don't have the support of really anyone, just read the Bible, read your, read your Bible and, and just quiet yourself and just remember that he's going to speak to you. You just listen to his voice, listen to his voice and quiet yourself and put all the distractions away and it, and it will work. Yeah, that is so important because um, I don't think like hearing God in the church, it's kind of put to the side. The Holy Spirit really is, um, I felt like, just put to the side. Let's read the Bible, do the good works, and that's it. And it's underemphasized, which is sad, because a lot of people just think of God as just like, you know, God upstairs, and, you, you know, that's kind of it. But God does talk back to you. It's But you have to listen. That is so important, because if you're not listening, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit. You have to quiet yourself and purposely put aside time to hear him. Um, there's this verse that says, when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. You have to seek him with your whole heart. You're not going to find him unless you're actively pursuing him. Because God is already in, always in the same spot. You are the one who have to come closer to him. He's always waiting for you. You are the one who has to be proactive in that, right? Because your best friend, you're not going to be best friends with them just because you say, hey, every like, you know, a couple days, you have to actually get alone with them and spend the time. Like when me and my friends got close, it was because we were spending hours together upon hours together, talking and get growing close and doing things together. That's the same thing with God. You have to get alone with him and speak with him and do things with him. And it's a continual relationship all day. Maybe you're not just sitting and talking to him at that moment, but you can go around and say, tell him how you're feeling like what's going on in your life just if you're going to tell your friend he should be the first person that you tell don't go to your best friend and tell them what you're struggling with and stuff tell god first because he will give you the wisdom he's he knows what you went through when jesus came to earth he was human he felt the same emotions that we feel he was tempted so he understands so he can teach us and help us through those paths that are hard because you can seek that out from friends but it's never going, it's it's not going to fulfill. Like I was in a really tough um, battle with fear a couple of years ago or last year. And I tried to, you know, ask my friends, but that's not what got me out of that. That came from God. And if you're in a tough spot, you have to be getting alone with God and listening to him and hearing from him. And when you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. Well, that's great advice. Anybody else? Brandon, Faith, either one of you? Um, I would say getting a good 
body of believers alongside of you is is priceless. It's another huge thing to have in life is a church body of believers that can stick with you through thick and thin and another partner or more than partner get partners. Um, so we have we have created a group of 12 of us that are moving forward in the faith. We have promised each other that we will hold each other accountable to whatever it is, whether we have to beat each other's socks off, we have to stay on this path of the straight and narrow. It's not easy, and nobody said it was going to be easy. Christ didn't come here to live some comfortable life. He, he died a very painful death so we could come to the light, and we are truthfully grateful for that. Great message. I just want to add on to that. Well, Garrett and Michaela were saying how you have to listen to, like, just get still and listen for the Holy Spirit. I think um, in this day and age, there's just so much noise that you're just used to it. And for most teenagers, it's physically hard. It's It hurts to get quiet because you just want to not think and just putting on music. That's one of the easiest way. You just stick in an earbud and there you go. You don't have you don't have to think about anything. And um, I think that you just have to go in a quiet room and just close the door and lock the door and just sit still. Because if you can't do that, then forget it. Well, that's a great message. Yeah, I, I love it. You're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that I know that your dad, Brandon, is trying to teach men is how to get alone and get quiet with God, just to try to hear his voice. And your messages are great. I mean, I totally agree with what you guys are talking about. And this idea of, oh man, having peers and accountability partners is huge. I, I know that is, that's such a big thing for all of us that for some reason we tend to want to try to walk this walk alone. And so many people fail and fumble and stumble and fall because they don't have somebody to lean on. They don't have somebody holding them accountable. And there's no repercussions for when I do something wrong. So their walk is much more difficult and, and it's not what it's designed to be. Having a relationship with Christ and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is like you guys are saying. It's just like a relationship with anybody else. You have to spend time in it. It takes work. You have to develop it. You have to be intentional. You have to one-on-one -on -one with a person. It doesn't matter if it's your best friend or if it's God or the Holy Spirit. You need to spend that time working and building that relationship. And to hear you guys say that is just actually incredible, and it's it's wonderful to hear, and it's inspirational for your generation. We've talked a lot about a whole lot of different subjects today, and uh, I was just curious, does, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about or say that we didn't touch on? Some message that you have that you'd just like to get out? I just want a um, piece of encouragement is that, you know, the church, the modern day church right now has labeled, has put has really shown that there is a lack of understanding of really what who God is. The the God of the modern day church is not is not actually the God who created this earth. You know, it's not actually God. Um, we've the church has really put it where he, it made him look like he doesn't answer prayers. He doesn't um, listen to us. He's not actually in control. But I believe that's a 
the re main reason of that is because the, ch the modern day church is a, has a huge lack of faith. Um, and it's really states it clear in the Bible that you must have faith. And um, when you have faith, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But I believe that because of, you know, so many circumstances, the church has just lost faith. And I just want to encourage those be out there because, you know, God is going, God is a God of healing. God is the God of faithfulness. He's always faithful. He's never, he never leaves the, his children. He's the perfect father. And just because, just because you've seen, oh, well, he hasn't answered prayers because, for people I know. Just because of that, that's, that's the enemy trying to, trying to steal your faith. He doesn't want any, he does not want hope. He does not want any faith at all. And I'm just, and God will always, God will always come through. We're not, God lives outside of time. And so though we don't see it right now, he's already working. He's already worked. And, um, you know, we see all these, you know, there's Ill, illnesses and sicknesses and, you know, just the diseases and all this stuff. That's all the enemy. That's all the enemy. And, um, you know, in the Bible, it says no weapon formed against us will prosper. Those are all weapons of the enemy. So they can't prosper. Though we think, though we see things with our um, physical eyes in the spiritual, it's a totally different world. It's a totally different world. And you, this is really the time. This is really the time that we have to have faith. We have to believe in everything that God has told us. And we can't back down because now, I mean, we can't, we can't. We can't just sit on the sidelines and watch and hope everything works out. We actually have to take a stand now. It's time because after a couple hundred years, we've the church and everything has has, has gone down the gutter, really, honestly. And it's conformed to this world because it wants acceptance. It would rather have popularity than a relationship. And we now's the time to, to stand up against that and really fight for what God gave us. I mean, if we, I mean, just to be honest, you look at our country, it's going down the drain. This country was a gift from God, but are we fighting for it? No. Where, where, where are the believers? Where are the ones who, who truly believe that this country, who are the ones who believe in God, say they believe in God, but I, we don't see, we don't see any action. And, you know, actions speak louder than words. We can claim we follow God. We can claim we love God. But when it comes down to the wire, are we, go, are we willing to stand for God? Are we willing to sacrifice our lives for him? That's the thing. And, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's a tough road. It's definitely a tough road, but in the end, is, is it worth, is it worth going, is it worth spending eternity with him because you stood for him? Or would you rather go down and, and spend eternity in hell because you don't, you don't, um, you're just not willing to stand and you'd rather be comfortable. It's really, it's really a hard, um, it's hard truth, but but it's it's time that we the church takes a stand. It's nice to hear that you've got a good heart towards uh, the things that matter, and uh, and I think you're you're pretty right on on seeing the pathway forward. It's not a matter of going out to save the country. It's a matter of following God and allowing yourself to do what He asks you to do. And as you go through the whole goal of God's purpose is to save people. And as you do that more and more, you'll see sin be wiped away, and then healing can come through. You know, going out there just to fight the enemy and say, I'm going to take back the, this country, isn't really a godly perspective. But going out and saying, hey, we're going to start 
you know, trying to win people to Christ and allow God to start working in their lives, and then they will start being a part of the change. And I think you've got a good perspective there. I would say that I think there might be a good point to make a little theological clarification. You know, you mentioned that disease and all that stuff is attacks of the enemy. Well, in many cases, that may be true. The deeper issue is that it's a result of sin, the original sin, the fall, how it's seeped in. And not every time is a a direct attack from the enemy. It's just a result of somebody having lived in sin or generations of things coming, you know, where they may not be actively sinning, but it could just be something through the generational curses that are bringing that in, you know. Um, We don't understand how God has designed everything with genetics and spiritual genetics and all that stuff, but that is all in play. And so I just, I wanted to make that clarification. Anybody else? I just wanted to say something. Just last year, I was in Wisconsin and I was listening to a missionary family. The dad was, they were just about to leave um, to go out of the country. I can't remember where. But he said one of the main reasons that missionaries leave the field is because they can't get along with each other. And that struck me. I was just like, if we, if they can't get along with each other, how are they going to minister to the people that they just left everything to go minister to when they're fighting with each other? So that just really hit me. Yeah, for... It seems like inside the church, there's a lot of infighting. There seems to be too many people that are there for themselves and they're, what they're going to get out of it. And one of the things that has disturbed me for many years is the modern American church especially has got this prosperity message that they teach. And it's all about health and wellness, and God wants to give you great things. They they seem to have turned him into this genie that you just ask for what you want, and God will give it to you. The more God gives you, the stronger your faith is. I can tell you my personal experiences, some of the, the strongest times that my faith has come through is when I was in a time of need. And I wasn't necessarily hearing God answer my prayer yet, but I knew I just kept the faith that he was going to do something. And that hope, as you have spoke about, is so important for people. But we have got to figure out how to get over ourselves in the church. We've got to get over this idea that I'm there. I hope my wife heard this message because she needed it. (laughs) I hope my brother-in-law got this message because, boy, he sure needs that. He does this all the time. We're not sitting there gleaning what we need from it. We're hoping other people are getting better because we're tired of what they do. And so that causes that same strife and people can't get along then because they're always worried about what Joe's doing or Sally's doing. And we're not seeing them and loving them for what they bring to the table and how God's going to work through them. So it's a great, great thing that you pointed out. I think it's a very common theme throughout our, our church society here in America and what you guys have talked about today is, is a huge step forward in, in correcting that because you've taken self out of it and you've brought in this relationship with the Holy Spirit and, and Christ and made that the focus. Not what I'm going to get, not some house, promotion, car, boyfriend, husband, you know, that's not the focus. It's the relationship first. 
I think you guys hit the nail on the head today. If you can make the relationship first, everything else, everything else goes the way that it's supposed to go. Maybe not all exactly the way you wanted it to go, but it will go how it should go. And there's a huge difference between what we want and what should happen. Sometimes, I tell people this all the time, well, I don't, God's not giving me the answers that I need. Well, sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> you know, you can pray and pray and pray for something. And you can pray out of selfishness. You can pray out of just desire. But sometimes the no answer is no. No, you don't need that motorcycle. No, you shouldn't date that guy. No, you shouldn't have this job or the raise because you'll do something bad with it. Sometimes the answer is no. We don't like to hear that. Because in our church society, we've been taught over the last 30 to 40 years that if you want it, pray for it, God will give it to you. And if you're not getting what you want, you're not praying hard enough, or you're not giving enough money to the church, or you're not, you're not doing something right. But if you can do that right, you'll get exactly what you want. Well, you just whittled God down to a genie, and he's not a genie. God loves you. God wants the relationship with you, just exactly what you've talked about today. But he's not a genie. But what will happen if you walk in his path, all the things that he's had planned for you become available. They may not match what is in your mind, what you wanted, but it'll be glorious. I can promise you that. And you'll start to see blessing over and over. Things that you never thought would happen would just suddenly be available to you in your life because you've made it available through your faith and your hope. Do you have something, Michael? Yeah, and many times you'll see that what he actually had planned for you is far better than what you would have thought of. His ways are higher than our ways. Absolutely. Do you have anything, Brandon, for you? Yes. Um, I would like to just encourage all those that are listening right now um, to stand strong in the fight because this is a fight. This is a day-to-day battle, and every day we get up, we put our feet to the floor, and we want Satan to, to literally just scream his guts out, knowing that we're coming for him every day, and we have to put that in perspective because we're not afraid of, of his plan of defeat and distraught and depression and fear. Um, we are here to destroy him and every work he's done to our our name, our culture. He's making us look like the the imbecile, and we all know where the truth is. And the truth lies in our creator that created you and me for this time and this purpose. We all have a plan, and we all have potential, and Satan sees that. When you get turned to sickness and un, it's just hell starts coming at you, just know that you are in his you are in Satan's worry list. He's he's afraid of you, and that's one thing we need to understand, that we are doing God's will for our end time, and Satan's really afraid of that. Well, I can tell you for a fact that these four young people are all black belts in Taekwondo, so they know a thing or two about fighting, that's for sure. I feel sorry for the demons that you guys are going to face down, because... Uh, your determination, your faith, and, and your your just your mindset is, is going to overwhelm them. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming and talking to us today and in, in your message that you brought with you. I think it's a world-changing message. I think that uh, you guys have the opportunity to reach into young people's lives and, and make a huge difference. And I just I thank you so much for coming and talking to us. So today, we've been talking 
about the challenges that young people, especially teens, face within our evil world and how to stay true to their walk with Jesus. If you have questions for Brandon, Michaela, Faith, or Garrett, or would like to learn more about their movement and what they're doing next, you can find them on their webpage and Facebook. And you can find those linked in our website at vrbroadcast.org. And with that note, we'd like to ask you to take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at vrbroadcast.org, where you can find more teaching like this and others, and ask questions of this show and our guests, and find us on Facebook at A Voice Coming in the Wilderness. And if you want to hear more messages from these guys, let us know, and we'll bring them back and they can talk to you again. We would love to have them back. And as a favor for me, would you please recommend this podcast to your friends and family? Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed day.